The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, super fly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! So, did I tell you how Rex broke her wrist? I... No. <laughs> um, so, for those who don't know or know or don't care or care, uh, Rex, I, they called it splintering her wrist. So she not only broke it backwards, but dislocated it, and it was splintered. Now, this happened like six, seven, almost two months ago, maybe. So she's fine now. She had to have surgery. She had nine screws and a plate put into her fucking wrist. It was gnarly, but she's doing great, recovering great. Did I ever tell you how the event that she went to was a friend of ours, uh, Kit, who's transitioning, right? right? And so it was a fundraiser for Kit um, for the surgery. That was the whole intent of the event. Yeah. And, you know, so I had to like limp her out. Luckily, she we did it roller skating. So she, <laughs> she broke her wrist before the party started. So I had to like sneak her out be- without anybody knowing. And I dropped a fat wad of cash in a jar and said, thanks, guys. And we went out. <laughs> I took her to fucking urgent oh, care, dude. But Kit, who I didn't know you knew Kit, too. I've known Kit for probably eight or nine years. Before he transitioned. Yeah. Yeah. So... And uh, really good dude. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, really cool dude. Unbelievable. And we, this brought up the topic as well of like how uh, you, you don't like the term boomer because we're really Gen X, but yeah. we are boomerish. Love that. We're boomery. Um, we're old. Very old. Uh, <laughs> so all the new pronouns, I know it's been beat into dust at this point. And I was telling you that a lot of the like big bread tubers, leftists, like MLs, like Marxist, Leninist, communism, practically, they're, it, they're, it feels like the pendulum swinging back towards the center a little bit because it was, it was, uh, it was hyper hot to the touch yeah. to discuss feelings about pronouns and self-identification. And it seems like now people are a little bit more open to having the conversation yeah, absolutely. about it rather than, no, 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 you got to listen, like, no. They identify as a eighth degree druid fairy and you have to, sure. you know, which to an extent, I believe you still have to. But I think the pendulum swinging to the center. I don't know if you're seeing it more, but it feels like people are, are recognizing the fact that you can't be an incel sex addict. Well, like, like Tig, you've been on dating sites and you, I don't know if you noticed, or but that's the new. Everyone is now listing their pronouns. Okay. Yeah. You know, are you finding cis cis men and cis women less in the majority, or is it mostly cis? Um, I mean, it's uh, so like any normal. Wow, that's see, that's hey, the word yeah, right there. Exactly. Normal. Hey, any typical woman on there is just going to identify as she/her. Yeah, she/her. You her, know what right. I mean? But that's a sign of like 
acceptance growing that you would identify yourself you know what i mean right like you could just ignore it and like i do you know what i mean because i i guess i am a boomer in a way because i it doesn't enter my consciousness to identify myself other than bobby well which that's first and foremost who you are so i why would you and that's not a criticism not at all there's have you seen I know this isn't media, but it, it does tie into the conversation. Have you seen Reservation Dogs? I haven't yet. I just started watching one that of one. The I am digging that. Best new yeah. shows out. If you are anywhere near a native community, indigenous people's community, first first nation community, anywhere in the country, if you know people that are in tribes, um, I watched it with a friend of ours that is, um, uh, I, I don't know the tribe he, he's with, but he is native. And he was like, this is hitting the nail on the head. Like, it's so legit. And th- one of the characters named Cheese always goes, hi, my name's Cheese. I identify him. He, it's like part of his kind of character is yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at, where it's almost like, hi, my name is Aaron. I'm a him, he, or I'm a they, them, or uh, like, it's almost become part of our, I, I don't know. It just, it, it feels like I would, I want to know people who they are first. I'm less concerned about the pronouns, but that's just me. That's being insensitive to the fact that people, that's a big part of who they are. I'm right? going to make this a conversation about native culture. Um, did you grow around, grow up around native cultures in Florida? I mean, I know there was a bunch of sinkholes and lots of sinkholes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're always constantly worrying. Where's the dog? Oh, bath salts, sinkholes, um, bath salt zombies. Yeah, Florida man is a real gators. thing. You know, coming up in Florida though, Florida was not the laughing stock of the country like it is now. Mm. It was Mississippi and Alabama when I was coming up. Sure. Um, and so, rightfully and so. I moved and I moved to Durango when I was ten years old. So. You know, I grew up out here. Your we formative did, years were here. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't have a ton of exposure down there. Actually, as I got older and would go back and visit, I had friends that were from the Seminole tribe down there, um, especially as the casinos were being built and everything, the Hard Rock Casino down there is a Seminole tribe owned. And, yeah. you know, it's pretty entertaining. But for me, I grew up in Durango for the most part, and we had a lot of, um, you know, I went to school with a lot of kids that came off the res, um, some that this may not be the correct term or the polite term, but they were considered res royalty. Um, and I don't really understand. What is how, that? I don't really understand how that all works. I guess I did not grow up around a native community. My first huge dip in the water was when I moved to Durango. LA doesn't have a huge native contingency. Yeah. Well, and I grew up in this area, so I grew up around. You did. Yeah. When I, I was down in New Mexico, just 45 minutes away, but right. like it was a huge Navajo culture down there. I mean, I had kids that, literally got bussed in every day sure. from the dorms, you know, out like Zithna Dithle and places like that. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I like showing off the fact I, yeah, that you I do. can pronounce <laughs> Zithna okay. Dithle. So go, going back, what is, what would be considered like res royalty? What does that mean? So like their family? I don't prominent? know. The way it was explained to me, and this may be completely wrong. The way it was explained to me is that they have um, some of the, oldest traceable bloodlines to the original tribe. Um, So the, I don't want to say least diluted, but they can track their legacy more than anything else farther than a lot of other folks can. Understood. So that's the way I understood it. Understood. Interesting. I grew up with the Navajo kids and there was always a group of the, the, those guys that lived with us in the white community. right? Right. And they were looked down upon from all the dorm kids 
um, and they used to call them apples. And that oh, was a, red on oh, the damn. outside, white on the inside. That was a wow. big fucking thing. Yeah. God, people suck. Those res kids did <laughs> not like the kids that lived in town with us. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. goes back to what we were saying about, you know, I mean, going back to like pronouns and not being able to really relate to somebody based on well, some silly. And I could tell you this, that my first encounter with the trans community was actually in Farmington, New Mexico with the native guys. There was a sizable group. I mean, we actually. There still is. We used to I mean, really kind of almost consider them a gang. Because they all traveled in packs. They were all together. Probably for protection. Say safety. They were fairly fucking aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. And that's not a racial thing. But you know what happens when people get together in groups? You know, they're going to become a little more um, proactive. Well, isn't that, a huge, isn't that a huge part of the indigenous community is they recognize the ability to transition from genders? That's like part, a yeah. old, very old part of the culture. In, in Native American culture, is there was always a sect, and they have a they have a name that the, obviously it's a it's a in the native language they have a name for those people who transition, and they actually make it it's way more progressive than us. They make it as you can float back and forth right. seamlessly, and it's considered it's openly you know non judgy. My it. guess would be that that probably varies to certain degrees between tribes sure, you know, between sure, different sure. cultures just like anything else i mean sure like an iroquois is not gonna have the same belief system as the Utes. sure you know what i mean just definitely less money they just yeah let's <laughs> just say i don't know i, I don't know how I the iroquois are doing. i don't know how sure are the Iro- okay. you know what how are the iroquois doing how are they i don't doing? know um yeah, call in and let us know. Whiskey. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> right. Well, and speaking of which, uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Which, what's the derivation of that phrase? Brass tacks. Probably something to do with brass and tacks. If we had a, if Carol was here, if she Carol, could tell us. Oh, she's still incarcerated because of the insurrection. We might never see her again. I don't know. Well, her trial's at the end of the year. We'll see what happens. I guess she um, comes out married. <laughs> she currently uh, presents as they them. Um, she's from got what pen, I understand, she's got pin pals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so, guys, thank you. I hope you've had a great week, and welcome back. We are in the bunky, the mighty bunky, and as the the seasons change and the leaves turn colors, uh, we stay here, and it's the same temperature every day rain or shine it's weirdly muggy and uncomfortable and we've yet to figure it out uh, we are in the bunkie and we are the whiskey reel we are the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels um we've got as you heard earlier a guest and he'll introduce himself because we're too lazy to do it but across from me slightly akimbo would be uh you know, you know who this guy is. Everybody knows this guy. That's the part of the fun. Um, he is currently fighting people in Charmington, um, and that's happening currently. Um, he is <laughs> he is my Bobby Duke. He has given me all of my anti-Bobbies. This is one Mr. Bobbeth Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Wow. Thank you. That was... I know. Like, you you people always disclose too much about you, me. Wait a minute. What do you mean, you people? You know what I mean. 
crackers. <laughs> Cracker. <laughs> uh, just in my perifs is Mr. Antonio Branderas, but I've come up with a new nickname for him. Beauty. You guys are going to get it, you constant listeners of uh, the Whiskey Reel. He is DJ Phil E. Busta. <laughs> I need a reggaeton horn so bad, dude. That, and we, that needs to happen. We do have a guest, and I'm going to allow him to sort of introduce himself. I'm sure some of you know him as Charlie. Some of you know him as Tig. Introduce yourself. Introduce myself. God, what do I say? Uh, I'm Charlie. I have a built-in nickname, Tig. Yep. So my last name is Woods. Yes, Tigger Woods. That's yep. me. And no, I don't golf. Um, <laughs> I still keep score based on how many balls I lose per nine holes. Perfect. Don't go there, Aaron. Perfect. <laughs> Tig loses a lot of balls. I, I, I've heard. Yeah. Do you no, drive I'm, on a copious amounts of prescription drugs? I do not, oh. even though I am from Florida. Hey. Um, yeah, just like him. Champions Gate went to school just pretty close to there, actually. Really? Yep, yep. What was your proximity to Bradenton? <laughs> Bradentucky is the next town north from where I grew up. That's oh, so I it's thought. like. That's what I thought. We have Baytucky here, exactly. which is Bayfield. And you had Bradentucky. Yep. Interesting. So maybe Kentucky is the laughing? No. 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 Kentucky's got money. That's the That's thing. True. They they do horses and bourbon. They got a thing. I don't know what Mississippi does. I don't know what Alabama does. I don't know what they give. You know the the, the right right now Mississippi wants to, eats. They just eat. <laughs> they go to that hometown buffet. They abuse young black men. Golden and Corral. They eat. That's well, you do. work up a mighty hunger. Um, <laughs> um, so Tig is on the cast. Tig just I'm rolled so, his eyes. I know he did. Um, I, uh, I, I, I asked to use him as a guinea pig for a 50 cal last week, but I will rescind that. I am, I am Zen. I am one. Tig is here. I'm very, very happy to have him in the studio. We've talked about this for a while, so thank you for making the time in your busy schedule. Thanks, I appreciate the invite. It's nice. And to you are a you busy guys. guy. Do you want to well, explain briefly what you actually do for a living I, in no, our I, community? Well, it, well, it, I got you're stepping on my toes because oh, I've got oh. a whole diatribe to do with Tig later. Oh, okay. Okay, so don't open up that can of worms. All right. Um, do let's let's talk a little bit about what we have in our beautiful disposable Coors Light cups. <laughs> that were provided by Home Slice Pizza. Um, they're your cups, motherfucker. They're my cups. Um, so, well, we needed them. This place does not allow for glasses. At no all. glass in the bunker. No glass in the bunkie. Um, I picked up the booze this week, and I'm curious to see what you guys think about it. This is a brand new Irish whiskey in my life. Um, it's a very beautiful label with filigree, and it looks very professional and... Um, a very adult, and it's called the Banknote. This is a blended Irish whiskey. Um, outside of it on the label says it's five years in barrel, I'm assuming. That's why. Age five years. Okay, yep, perfect. Um, believe it or not, I only paid like 23 bucks for this, yeah. which is pretty awesome. It um, really is. What were your initial thoughts? I want to hear Bobby Tig. What, what, did you guys, what did you guys think about this off the bat? You know... Off the bat, it has all the characteristics of an Irish whiskey, which it's a little wispy. Yeah, um, it, it's not, the, it, Irish whiskeys are not traditionally very full-bodied spirits. They're a little thinner to me. They have less mouthfeel than mm -hmm. American bourbons. 
um, or a scotch, mm-hmm. um, although this is a, a peated Irish whiskey, which is becoming more and more That's like, a thing. Yeah, more and more That's popular. Um, I don't I don't want Irish whiskeys to turn into scotch, but it's an, it gives it a little more character. It really does. Sure. Uh, did, what did you think about the, the, the general overall? We I was joking with Tig earlier when we were trying this, saying that's the only thing that I've yet to hear somebody define properly is what is Irish about the whiskey. And there's like no, everybody's yet to give me an adjective to describe the difference between American whiskey and Irish whiskey. There's a thing that happens. It's made more or less the same way. Maybe it has less corn. Maybe is I why. Think so. But there's a there's an affect that Irish whiskey has. This is a maltier spirit. It definitely is maltier, but there's an Irishness to it that I can't define. What What did you taste, Tig? You, you know, I'll be the first one to say I'm not typically an Irish whiskey drinker. I drink a lot of bourbon. I drink some single malts. Um, definitely not the peatier stuff. But I like this, you know, it's smooth, it's definitely sweet, it's got a lot of that vanilla, especially in the back end to me. Mm. Um, but I like it, I've been sipping on it, and for the record, I have been hung over as a mother this morning, <laughs> and this is actually bringing me back to life a little bit, it's so ma- I do appreciate it too. Be, you, it's making you want to uh, smack your girlfriend around, which <laughs> I, I really enjoy. I'm Scottish, not Irish, so, no, never uh, mind. so you're just cheap, not violent. Exactly. Okay. Oh, shit. Um, so you just want to do heroin. <laughs> It's the only thing I know about Scottish culture. <laughs> train spotting. Yeah, train spotting. Um, Everything I know of Scotland is train spotting. Scotland and Sean Connery smacking women. Oh, also, just, I'll give you. About that. I'll give you a quick one though. I was in Scotland in 2019, and I made the mistake, just like my father. I went into a bar called the Cloisters in Edinburgh. I go in, start talking to the bartender. They have actual cask beers and stuff, which I had never seen in the states yeah. anywhere, which was really cool. But I made the mistake of turning to the bartender and saying, well, what's your favorite scotch? And, I mean, it was like needle scratch. Everything stops. Everyone turns. You mean we call it says, whiskey, huh? And he says, we don't serve scotch. We serve whiskey. Yes, bitch. I love it. <laughs> I didn't know that, that was a thing. Yeah, now oh, yeah. when I go, I won't make that mistake. So I had yeah. to, what is your favorite Scottish-style whiskey? And they approved oh, okay. of that one. There you but, go. yeah, I was like, I'm a Yank. What do I know? So you can't call it scotch? No. Definitely not in Scotland. Oh, I want to try that. Yeah, you're going to do it, aren't you? <laughs> Those filthy Scots. Um, four fingers of your shittiest <laughs> Scotch. Shittiest Scots. <laughs> Can you, do you have a microwave? You think you could pop that warm, in for like 20 for seconds? Um, I would love to do that to somebody. Uh, this is, uh, I will say it's well made. Um, no bones about it. This off of the first thing, I think I told you guys, my first thing was like, this is like Diet Bushmills. Not because it's less than, only because it's less viscous, less sweet, uh, less mouthy, less malty. It's a little bit more of a refined version of Bushmills, believe it or not. Bushmills is like ten bucks more. I agree. A seven fifty. I think it's a little bit, a little bit more delicate, and it's a little bit more nuanced than Bush. Bushmills always feels to me like a hammer. It's not the velvet hammer either. It's like a hammer of an Irish whiskey. Um, this. Like you were saying, Bobby, tends to be a little bit more lean, a little bit more acerbic Irish whiskeys over bourbons. We like our wood. We like our baking spices here in the U.S. because we're great big fat people. And I guess in Ireland, they just want to get it down as fast as possible so they can miss work the next day, I guess, I guess I, from what I understand. I'm Irish, so I, I mean, I can only assume. I can assume as well. Yeah. Well, our friends over at OldTownTequila.com. 
um, provided a little blurb. They they do actually really good reviews. I've, I've liked reading their stuff before, but um, they say that Banknote five-year blended Irish whiskey is, it combines the soft, delicate notes procured from a column distillation, which I don't know what a column distillation is. It's a higher, it's not a pot. It's, it's a, a pot still. Yeah, yeah. so the, the, the vapors have to rise higher, I think, before they coil. Correct. So it, they say it gives it the characteristic spice of a traditional pot still whiskey. So that makes sense. Okay. Um, rounded complexity, double distillation, which Bushmills is three. Triple. Three distillations. Um, retains body, smooth texture, maturation in the finest, handed down through generations to produce a whiskey that is the very embodiment of understated elegance and refinement. That's bold. I don't hate that. I think it's a little up its own ass, but it's, I agree with the sentiment. It is. It's a refined, like Jameson is, in my opinion, and I hate this because the people I work for, Jameson, literal Jameson ambassadors, Jameson always, to me, felt very, like what we call shouldery. It was very clunky. It feels adolescent. It doesn't feel like it has any maturity to it. Whereas this um, does. It feels like it has some, like I said, some elegance, some swag. Feels a little bit more adult. It's a for mature whiskey. whiskey. For an Irish whiskey. It is. Um, we've had several really good ones that we've done on the program. Powers, Slain. Um, we've had some Teeling. We've had some re- really good Irish whiskey here. I like this. I don't think it's up on the top shelf of Irish whiskey by any stretch. But, man, I definitely think it's elevated above some of the So the when you say produced. top shelf, are you talking about like Redbreast 21? Yeah, but that, I mean, that, that even Redbreast 12, which... Yeah. Let's be honest. Redbreast doesn't taste like Irish whiskey. That's no, what everybody likes. It. Really um, there's an Irishness to it, which one of these days we will define. There is an adjective sitting out Quantify there somewhere it. in the world that we can use for Irish whiskey. Qualify. Um, yeah. And and when I find that, I will let you know. But at 23 bucks, I was about to say. Yeah. It's a buy. Yeah. Is that a buy for Definitely you? Definitely a buy for me. Yeah, me too. I think it's also fun because nobody's seen it before. Like if you bring this to a party or somebody's house... Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is mixing whiskey per se. Um, it might get its dick kicked in if you mixed it with something. Yeah. Um, I I don't like mixing Irish whiskey with anything anyway, but some people like JMO and ginger and, you know, the kind of standard, uh, you know, at that price point, I'd, I'd consider throwing that in some ginger beer. I mean, it wouldn't bother me, you know, like a little Irish mule, but I mean, I could definitely, we're, we're drinking it neat. I mean. It's perfectly fine. It's fine. I don't even know if I want yeah. to dilute it. I saw you throw a little water in it. I just wanted to change wanted the, it. So it gets a little fruitier. Interesting. Wow. And when you put a couple of few drops of water in it, it gets a little fruitier. I don't know. A little more <laughs> I, marmalade to it. I know some people that if you yeah. put oh, a I few know. drops in them, they, yeah, get they get a little fruitier. Just saying. I've seen it. It's going to happen later. <laughs> I got uh, called. <laughs> <laughs> I got asked a question at one of our oh, no. local bars. Um, by a young gay gentleman, really sweet guy. He's also shares my name, but um, he he asked me if I was if I was gay, and of course I'm <laughs> the opposite. But like I don't mean that in like. A... <laughs> like oh my god, Bobby! <laughs> and I was like, why the fuck did you think I was gay? And he's like, well, and I've been told this before, but he said, well, you're kind of a dandy. You are a dandy. Well, we—that's the joke, right? You're, dude. You're you're kind of femme. 
little bit. But that's like your. That's why chicks like you because you're very like, oh my god. Yeah. Like you can get like that. You're very effusive. I like know. when you talk, you move around a lot. Have you ever <laughs> noticed when he's reading, he has an accent too? Like when he just did that Old Town Tequila review, he has an accent when he reads. Of what? I don't know what it is. I don't know where it comes from either. West Hollywood? When you are reading, and I've noticed it as a listener, long-time listener, first-time caller of this podcast, though, <laughs> you definitely, when you read something, you get a bit of a drawl. Affect, like an affectation. An though. affectation, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a better way to put it. But does new? I know people from New Mexico that were born there, there's a specific accent they have. There's a, there's a thing. I don't know if it's an act. It's like a patois. Almost. Like, like, you know what I but mean? But like, like when they say swatter in Malk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that kind of accent, yeah. uh, which is endlessly entertaining for me. And it's uh, got like a tinge of like, you know, Northeastern stuff to it. Like, really? Yeah. Weird. If you hang out, like, I mean, obviously, anywhere you go, people have different accents. I mean, you go to the South Valley in Albuquerque, they're going to sound a lot different than the Highlands. You know Really? What I mean? Yeah. For wow. Sure. Okay. Just never, I, I yeah. Never dip oh, my I toe in if that. If someone from the pool. South Valley walked in here and started talking and she's like, you're so stupid. You so I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're from the South Valley in Albuquerque. <laughs> Either that or East Los in L.A., dude. What are the two? Do they all say it? Well, yeah, like, you're so stupid. <laughs> you are stupid. stupid. Um, that, which I love endlessly. Okay, I want to bring it back. Good whiskey, guys. I think we we hit a winner this week. Solid. Um, bank note. Uh I need to ask our guest, Tig. I have, uh, I am baffled by your life. I, it, it, it endlessly fascinates me. Only because I call you, uh, like, you know Dougie Fresh. He's a different kind of guy. But you seem to have your life together. You have things going on. You always seem like you're busy. But I call you the Kramer of Durango. Because I don't know what you do. Like, I, you're in real estate, you're a photographer, you're a bartender, you're setting up sound systems. Like, what is happening? Like, do you have a, th- like, do you have 47 W-2s at the end of the fucking year? Or, like, what happens? What do you do, Tig? Well, you actually just hit both of my careers. Okay. Um, so, in Florida, before I moved, I moved back to Durango four years ago. Four years ago this month, actually. Four years ago last month. It's October now. Happy October. Hey. Um, so I was a real estate broker in Florida. I have to, let's rewind even farther. My degrees are in art. Uh, I was a graphic designer, web designer for years. Um, kind of burned myself out living in Washington, D.C. and whatnot, working my tail off. Uh, helped build and run a few companies out there. Moved back to Florida. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Was just freelancing web work for a while. Uh, would come back out here. That's how Bobby and I met. I would come back for a summer sometimes mm-hmm. or for a couple months. Um, moved back to Florida full time. Didn't want to do web work anymore. Um, got into real estate. Became a real estate broker. Realized I was having a lot more fun doing photos, which I've done as a hobby since I was a kid, uh, of my real estate stuff. And I was very fortunate to get into a multi-million dollar market very quickly in real estate. So I'd only do a few transactions a year, and the rest of the year I'd spend shooting real estate. So when I moved back to Durango a few years ago, I was bartending when I came back, just, again, something I've done my whole life uh, more as a social thing, but also a great way to make cash, um, especially as a starving artist. Hear that, IRS? 
<laughs> wink, wink, come nudge, nudge. It. Come get it. Yeah, let's not call on them. <laughs> Bring down the gods. Um, it's W9s, not W2s. <laughs> That's what's up, brother. Yeah, yeah when up. I moved back here, I was doing, uh, I was bartending full-time at everybody's favorite 8th Ave Tav. Um, so that's where a lot of you guys, listeners, will know me from. Go um, ugly early. Go <laughs> ugly early. <laughs> yeah, I was the one closing the bar, so it wasn't anything early. <laughs> but uh, yikes. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm a real estate photographer now. Uh, when the pandemic hit, business dried up for a while, so I took a job at a bank, and uh, that's why I found today's whiskey banknote. Once again, uh, it's kind of a fun one. Um, definitely not a banker, though. That was not a great experience for me. Um, yeah, that seems like a job. That's just like I, I've got a friend of mine who's in loans now and he centers himself. The aforementioned native gentleman, I won't say his name because now he's like got like a real position in the bank. But he does loans and his his main focus is uh, native population. So he's trying to get new business startups from the native population. Wow. So it's actually kind of a passion project rather than a quote unquote job. I'm just a banker guy. Um, I, that would be tough for me. Having you in restaurants my whole life, man, that would be really hard. I spent three years Did as you really? a vice president of a bank. Who did that? Yeah, weirdly I, enough, we actually had a bunch of coworkers when I started yeah, yeah. at my bank. It was it had been closed or bought out or I don't know how that all worked, but a bunch of the former staff that you worked with were yeah, at yeah. the same bank I was at. Yeah, yeah. Um, we realized yeah, we, that in a weird, I, awkward conversation one afternoon. Oh, yeah, I know, Bobby. So I was, the, yeah, the, the, I'm sure that a was lot a lot of eye rolls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Um, no, I, I can say the name of the bank because it doesn't exist anymore, but it was Pine River Valley Bank. It was headquartered in Bayfield. I, I think I remember that. I was the IT consultant for them for years with another company. I, I was outsourced. Okay. Um, my The CEO of Pine River Bank and I became pretty close, and he realized that I knew what the fuck I was actually talking about. And he um, he offered me a position. The VP of fuckery? Yeah. And I, he's like, <laughs> I want you to be my, what they call an information security officer. Okay. Um, and. Dude, oh, do you guys hear that some, on the podcast? They're doing a comedy show downstairs. Shout out Durango Comedy Festival. It'll be over by the time you hear this, yeah, but whatever. They're actually doing it next to the bunkie. Yeah, they're right. Just saying. Yeah, they're right above us. They're right above us. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, I'll make the, I'll cut this off. But yeah, I, I took that position at Pine River Valley Bank. In order to be the ISO, you have to be an officer of the bank. Okay, I see what you're saying. to make me a vice president. That's so hilarious. I had business cards. You know, for Pine River Valley Bank, Vice President, Information Security Officer, Bobby Noy. I'd still hand those out if I had. <laughs> That's fucking chill. Oh, they worked. Oh, they worked. Yeah, yeah I bet they I did. have a divorce to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tig, actually, I got, now I understand, I have a better understanding. You always seem just kind of like a renaissance kind of guy where you can bounce around and you just kind of do what you need to do, and which is great. Well, and I appreciate that, you know, and I do. So I did start bartending again as well. Um, I've been a member of the Elks Lodge here in Durango for the last four or five years. And I realized I shoot alone. I edit alone. 
Um, I don't have staff any longer with my business, so as winter's coming on, we slowing down quite a bit. Right. We are slowing down quite a bit. Um, so I am actually back to bartending, and I've taken a shift on Monday nights at the Elks Lodge nice. just for something social to do. So Bobby's a member. Aaron, we'll get you in there one of these days. We'll see. I don't know if I like things in my butt. I know what you guys do. Ride the go, um, baby. You know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> do you want to hear something fucking cool? Here change attack but fucking cool we're gonna keep this upbeat on this podcast we are we're not gonna talk about Marjorie titan green or we're not gonna talk about any of that right um i got an invitation by a world-renowned author blake crouch, crouch. Yeah. and his beautiful woman in his life are they they're officially married yeah. now right okay jack jackie we call her knuckles for very good reason um she will kill you so, so I got an invite to attend a dinner next week for a fundraising dinner with uh, Senator Barbara McLaughlin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about Dude, that. Dude, I'm go- I, I'm going. I'm very, very stoked. I was I wanted to push my immigration issue on her. That's a good idea. You know, and I mean, dude, I'm dude. You're looking at. I'm starting to rub with the elite, dog. Yeah. This is what's happening. Yeah. I might not be able to do the podcast anymore. She actually I'm emailed be me that invitation, and I just ignored it. Because you know what? I'm past it. I'm past it. <laughs> I go right to top. I just talked to Polis. Wait, a I don't state a senator? Um, <laughs> aren't there, like, a lot of you? How about um, a senator, senator? Sorry. Um, Thanks, these are the important ones. Um, uh, Barbara's husband just passed away, like, I know. a couple months ago. And he was a, he was a really big fan of uh, the food that we used to do over at Seasons when I ran that. He was in there all the time, and I worked with uh, their son for your, for a couple yeah. years, Brian, um, who's well, like a... And Michael was the reason that we know Blake. I mean, he's the reason I met Blake. Wow. And the reason that we're so fortunate to have Blake has been such a big part of this podcast. Yeah. You know, because that's where he and I really, like had our burgeoning friendship happen. That's he awesome. Was, he was a legal assistant for Michael McLaughlin. That's oh, why they're doing the Okay, I yeah. gotcha. But also too, I you know, she's on our side, as they like to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. She's a good um, lady. She's much more progressive mm-hmm. um than not. So I'm gonna be happy to do that and I will push my agenda. Isn't that what you're supposed to do, right? Well and the with the, the muckety mucks? The exity and I have talked about going to that because we she Barbara was like a teacher for her. That's crazy. As a younger woman. Yeah. That's crazy. I just wanted some more insight to see how I can push my selfish agenda okay. of letting people work, um, which is very <laughs> selfish. Uh, so, Bobby, you brought up a, a hypothetical earlier to me when we were outside. Okay. Can You can, You guys can all hear the show going on right now, right, by the way? Is that the um, show or are they rehearsing? Yes. Okay. I yeah. think it's a sound check slash. No, it's good. Comics doing drugs. We've always needed a live audience. Thank you guys. Hey, now we have. Um, It's like Jimmy Fallon, but not lame. Uh, (laughs) So you brought up something to do with the NFL, with ties back into vaccines, which was interesting. Oh, can you tell me what you told me outside? Because we didn't really flesh it out, and I was curious to see what it was. Well, there have been a handful, not very many, but a handful of. NFL personnel, obviously, well, we can get into the player thing, but of personnel like trainers, assistant coaches, you know, people like that, that have been let go because of their vaccination status. 
and there's a Miami reporter. His name is Armando Seguero. He's an idiot. But <laughs> he just got fired from, like, the Miami Herald, I believe. And uh, now he's working for some, like, cut rate, you know, sports newspaper on the internet. That's o- internet only, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. But anyways, he made the comment that the Atlanta Falcons just fired one of their head trainers because his vaccination status. And he's calling it, like, outright calling for discrimination. This is discrimination against somebody because of their vaccination status. What's the difference between discriminating against them and, like, a, a minority or a, you know what I mean? <sighs> Boy. It's a rough um, one. It's, I mean, it is and it isn't. We all, every, if you listen to this podcast, you know our feelings. We're very forthright with that. I don't, I'm not tiptoeing around anymore. I'm not trying to save these people's feelings anymore. I think you're a threat to the rest of us. If you've read, obviously you haven't read anything because there's not a single piece of information to say otherwise other than the vaccine is good. There's not, there just isn't. There's your feelings, there's your suppositions, there's your hypotheticals, but you have no evidence to say that the vaccines aren't good. Period. End of story. That's where we're at now. And I think, what, like I told you, you know, Biden was like companies over 100 employees are being required, which is funny because they can't really require no. it. It's cannot, more of he a, cannot mandate. He, that. he can't mandate that. But what he's doing is he's like, we highly recommend yeah. that companies over 100 start um, insisting on vaccines. And I go hard left on this, man. Good. I don't, I don't, and in the, and the whole rub is it's a private business. They can do whatever they want anyway. But the thing that drives me crazy is the fact that not only are, do they re, are asking you, they're not requiring it of you, but if you're in a business and you work for them, they can require a lot of things from you. Um, the, the other option is, okay, if you don't want to get vaccinated, get tested once a week. It's not like they're demanding that you get vaccinated. They're like, do this or that. So the fact that he was let go tells me that he didn't even want to get tested, which I mean, how, how much do you care about your job at that point? I, I don't feel any sympathy for them. I, I don't know. What do you what do you how are you feeling about it? Like, because I know it's a civil liberty. Well, take you're a business owner and you've had employees. Now, obviously, you have a different model. It's not like you have a building where everyone's working around each other, going back and forth between each other's offices, sharing a break room. No, but instead we're in people's houses, strangers houses, multiple every single day. Yeah. So, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you I got covid. Um, I've long hauled a lot of lung symptoms and and issues since that. I got the vaccine. Um, I did Moderna. I did the two shots of Moderna. Good for you. Um, And, you know, it it, both shots of that put me on my ass uh, for 48 hours. Well, even the first one. And everybody says, oh, the first one's nothing. It's the second one that'll get you. No, both of those put me down for 48 hours. And I will get the third shot booster, especially because of the problems I've had with my lungs. Now, I had pneumonia a year prior to getting COVID. Uh, You know, I did get COVID pneumonia. No, I did not have to be hospitalized or anything. But I've had to be very careful with my um, blood ox uh, stats and stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm in strange people's houses up to seven or eight a day if it's a busy day doing photos, um, doing real estate photos. Now, the market's slowing down, so I'm not as active. 
but I did not require my staff to wear them. At first, I required my staff to have masks, and if we were going in anyone's homes, especially while the world was still shut down, uh, we were required, required to be wearing masks to be in their homes. As things have loosened up, so have we. Um, I keep a couple of masks in my car. I like the disposable ones, so I keep a couple of those in my car. If a homeowner is more comfortable with me wearing one, I will wear it. But a lot of the times I have to kick a homeowner out of their home too, because if I'm doing a 3D tour or something like that, it takes hours to scan these houses. Right. And so if I'm there alone, you know, unless they've asked me to wear a mask, I'm not wearing one. Um, I am vaccinated and I'm not overly concerned about catching something from them. I do have doors and windows open when I'm doing these too. So, you know, it hasn't been that big of a deal for me. I talked to my staff about it. And fortunately, you know, we were all kind of of the same mindset that, you know, I'd rather the people be comfortable while I'm there doing photos. If they want me in a mask, cool. I provided masks for my staff. You know, I mean, it wasn't anything, it was never really an issue for us. We just did it and it was the world opened back up once, actually, I think all of my staff are vaccinated, but I don't know that for sure, um, or were, uh, as they were all 1099s and have left to pursue other projects for the winter. Um, yeah, really. But, you know, I mean, it's never been an issue in our end. I've had since I was vaccinated and everything, I think I've had two people ask me to wear a mask in their homes. Mm. So it really hasn't been much of an issue either. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, and we are so fortunate to live in a town that has been so um, minimally affected by COVID. Our town, although we had some shutdowns like the rest of the entire world, um, we opened back up in March. And I know the Delta variant swung up. So we're, you know, things are getting a little weird right now. But that being said, Durango's been fairly isolated yeah. from now, I am going to counter that real quick, though, and say a big shout out to all of our nurses and everything. I do have a very good friend who's been working COVID for months now. It's oh, yeah. not her specialty or anything, but she's been put on that floor. Um, big shout out. She knows who she is. What does she say? But Big shout it? out to her. But they're exhausted. I mean, the hospital has been at capacity for months. Um, and nobody and it, talks and it about spikes, it anymore. It goes up, it comes down, it goes up, it comes down. But we keep hitting capacity over there. And a lot of it's tourists. A lot of it's folks from out of town. It's not necessarily our right. community that's right. taking up our hospital beds. No. Well, um, luckily, so to all of you, thank you guys. You guys are amazing. We yeah. really do appreciate you. Well, yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine a year and a half later of, of uh, having to do the responders do is just baffling to me but what's funny is remember you know back in the day it's like oh my god he's a doctor listen to your doctor and now everybody's like they know doctors don't know shit um it's just it's baffling to me how we have this like selective memory when it comes to um the doctors listen to the nurses yeah yeah well well and then you have <laughs> one outlier nurse not getting vaccinated and fucking everybody yeah. loses their mind um and by the way, nurses are nurses and doctors are doctors for a reason. I'm not going to, I'm not shit shaming anybody, but there's a little more schooling involved with the doctor end of things. Nurses do all the dirty work, unfortunately. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. They yeah. do all the hard well, work and the doctors. Well, you know, and they take the preponderance of the risk. Absolutely. Because they're in the room more than the do doctors. Doctors come in with the chart, blah, 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 do your Fif job, move on to the next one. on average. Yeah, let's go. With a patient. How is this? Yep. How is this? Exactly. How is this? Exactly. All right, we'll be right back. But they're, they're badasses. Right I mean, I, c I would never have the wherewithal. I, place with, I play with booze and food all day. Like, I try, my, my whole existence is to try to make people fat and drunk. That's my whole life. So the thought of me risking my life for somebody who doesn't even believe in the virus, I, I, it, 
they're saints. My my grandmother was a pediatric nurse. Like they're they're saintly people. They really are. I could never do it. Um, the non-believers have a tendency to start believing as soon as they actually get it. No, how many videos? Tube and how many know. videos are there of right-wing talk show hosts? Oh my right-wing god! People. I never believed I in this. I didn't understand. <laughs> Why do they all have a southern accent? Yeah, um, get your vaccine. But no, this there's, is terrible. There's, there's a podcaster, not a, a YouTuber named Cult of Dusty that has now. He's in his twelfth episode of. It's just the entire episode is people filming themselves after getting COVID that thought it didn't exist or they didn't believe in vaccinations. Yeah. He, the, we're into the, the hundreds of people now where it's just like, I made a mistake. I Thousands. blew it. I don't, I mean that have videoed themselves. Oh, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it, it's so upsetting to me. It's so disappointing to me. I, I mean, it's seriously, I'm just fucking upset about it. Man. I do feel a little schadenfreude every time some right I know. I know. freaking evangelist preacher that's Those been guys, convincing yes. you. And you know they're, his people are going to listen to him. Absolutely. If that asshole walks on stage and says, don't get vaccinated, this is not God's will. They are flying in the face of God's will. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to pay attention. Satan's man. cock is shooting Those loads of vaccines into yep. your face. Those cocks, yeah. those cocksuckers have gotten people killed. 100%. And so when one of them fucking goes down, I have no problem the, feeling Well, okay in the super spreader it. events that the, the, if you look at the beginning of oh. COVID, I can't remember who it was, but there was the famous televangelist that, yeah. you know, refused to. Joel Osteen. Thank you. And do not, for, never forget that this man of God closed his doors to people in need. Yep. This man of God, he will, he will cast your check though, brother. Just don't ask him for a place to stay. Yeah. Um, fuck him. Fuck his ilk. Um, I've just I'm I've run out of patience. It's very hard for me. Um, I you know like we said before, you have the right to do what you want with your body, and I have the right to live my life too. And you're preventing me from living my life. So where are my rights? Um, you want to claim a you claim yours, and the hypocrisy with the whole body autonomy abortion versus vaccine and. It just, it literally will spiral. You think, and now the big thing is not only impeach Biden, but it's all, let's secede from the United States, all of all of the red states. I welcome it. What you will do without New York and California is go straight to hell. You have no money outside of Texas. You have no money. I mean, we provide all, most of the income for the fucking United yeah, States. It's it's easy. Car companies, tech companies, all these companies that have moved into the South because of it, favorable tax situations, that's all labor situations, but they all decide to leave. The South goes right. That's a back wrap, to, dog. Just it's a yeah. wrap, bro. Just like yokels. Oh, it's infuriating. Not that Anyways. they stop being yokels, but like <laughs> so it, it's so. We thought during the last election, speaking of Florida, that we would be able to flip Florida. Do you think that's ever going to happen, being from Florida? You know, as the token conservative, I don't talk politics very often. I right. really, I was brought up, you don't talk religion, you don't talk politics in public. That's the bar shit. Um, well, and that's what I was brought, just how I was raised. And it's, it is something I do agree with because... I think a lot of times it becomes too much of an emotional argument, less of a logic argument. Mm-hmm. I will sit down and talk on any issue by issue with anybody at any time. Well, I won't say at any time. Please don't come up to me on the street and start talking politics. Please go up to him immediately and go, abortion, go. But, um, no, I honestly, there is 
Florida is established as such a tax haven's not the right word, but it is set up as such a way with the zero state income tax and all that kind of thing. You know, a lot of retirees are there specifically because they do have favorable tax benefits mm -hmm. and such. So you have folks from you know, Dave Barry, who's also a uh, reporter uh, for Miami um, and also a fantastic author, hilarious author. He wrote a great article a few years ago, and I wish I had it and could pull it up and quote some of it. But, you know, he talks about Florida man and Florida becoming the laughing stock because he equates it to rats in a maze. Every state has their allotment of rats, and it's the same in every single state. But we're that little outlier in the maze that those idiots can't seem to get themselves out of. So they come down to Florida at some point or another, and they just don't leave. They right. never, um, never get to the button. They never get they to never the button. They never get their cheese treat. What, the Coke um, button? But <laughs> oh, they get that button. Um, be that as it may, I don't think we'll ever see Florida flip. We've got so many retirees. There. Really? We've got so many people coming from, so, from out of town. I mean, Florida, it, they... It, it's funny, in my town, and I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, like I said, just south of Bradenton, um, you know, I didn't know anyone except my sister and I that were born in Sarasota Memorial Hospital. You know, we're one of, I, we used to joke, I'm one of 12 people that was actually born here. No, I didn't move here to retire. Yes, the median age is like 78. It's, you know, it, it's tough. Um, I, it, but it goes, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, they have a huge Cuban population. And the Cuban population, huge. That's what I was yeah. say. They trend hyper Republican. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Hyper right. Because they're coming from a socialist country. They've been left-leaning, if that's what you want I'm gonna to call I'm going to say authoritarian. It. But, uh, but, yeah, but, it's but, obviously but, an authoritarian but, regime. <laughs> but, like... Yeah, they're, the politics were considered leftist politics. When they come over, they, yeah. they kind of hard immediately right, identify right. And I think right. Florida will always stay conservative. I mean, now, yeah. now my big problem, and I'm talking more politics than I ever do right now. Um, you guys are a bad influence. By the me. way, it's a fucking podcast tape. But Exactly. No, but <laughs> what, I, what I find more problem than anything else is, is that the two parties have become so polarized. It's like... You know, if you are conservative, suddenly you are the Christian right Bible thumping agenda. Mm -hmm. And if you're left, you're a communist. And, you know, I don't agree with either of that. You know, I am somewhere much more middle of the road. Like I said, I'll talk issue by issue Most all day long. Most people are. And I think we all are. I think, yeah. I and we all have our own spin. We all have our own skew because of what's happened to us in life, because how we were raised, how life because works. how we were around. Uh, but, but I think that if, look, people need clicks. News organization needs clicks. There's the, the, the phrase clickbait never existed 20 years ago. It exists now. There's a reason why they have to do it because people aren't reading print anymore. They have to sensationalize every single thing that happens, uh, whether it's something non-political or political, it's sensationalized. And it's doing nothing. And listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming one side or the other. The, the, the left definitely has their fucking issues. We've got Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin who insist on pissing on the left's punch every single opportunity they get. And there are Dems. They're Dems and they're our worst enemy. Um, but what I will say is that the, the, the amount of rhetoric and bullshit feels like it took a whole new form after 2016. Things were almost at a manageable chaos, it felt like. Like, okay, yeah, we have our differences. We don't like each other necessarily. But I don't remember hating the other side like is what's happening now and how divisive and shitty things are. 
Um, it just it, it feels like there is no bridging the gap anymore. And I, it makes me sad to say that, but like you're talking about them wanting to secede. You're talking about like anti-vaxxing. You're talking about QAnon. You're talking about, it feels like it's been so radicalized and the left, although it has its, it has its outliers, the Antifa outliers, it has its communist and, and Marxist Leninist outliers. Um, and there are good points to those things, but it doesn't work within the context of our society here in America. But it just feels like the right has a lot more of what they would consider, you know, muckrakers than it would be. I mean, the left's got issues too, but man, when you can't even say a bad thing about a president, when you can't, like, you're not allowed to talk about the, the you know, our, our fucking human god, Trump, like... They literally refuse to say anything bad. We're, we're in a weird state. Which, for the record, is absolute garbage, and I fully agree with you a thousand percent on that. I, I, yeah, it, know, it just feels like it changed after the last administration. I don't disagree. And don't that's depressing as hell to think about, Especially too. as a conservative. I'm yeah. fr- I, one of my best friends in the world's a conservative. And it's almost like he almost feels, like, embarrassed. Like, he feels like, his, like he got hoodwinked. And he voted party line, and now he's looking back going, I don't really believe in anything that guy said. Well, and the big problem is we're choosing between bad and worse on a regular basis. And that's not how democracy, that's not how this country is supposed to be. That's not how we're founded. You know, it's hard. We're we're so, stuck in a two party system. It's never going to change. We are, and we've, it's crap we've got to right we've got to we've got to admit the the truth. I know Bobby voted for Nader. Um, we have you, to. Wait, you got <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, uh, just put me on front street. All right. I, okay, I voted for Nader. <laughs> he voted for Farmington and Nader. It was a weird day. He had a lot to drink. It's not um. That year, I also started dating my ex-wife, so I was clearly not functioning at my high, <laughs> optimal level. level. <laughs> For the record, I did love how Jill was talking about how she ran the Ross Perot in her, whatever it was, sixth or eighth grade class or something. She ran the Ross Perot yep, campaign. I thought that was money. Listen, I, I think we should have eight parties. Don't get me wrong. I think that the playing field should be leveled out a little bit. I, I just don't think it's realistic. Can I talk? No. Can I talk? Fuck yeah. Can I talk? Oh, I'm just doing my Ross Perot. I got that after the second one. <laughs> oh, uh, you yeah, know, let's, let's take a break from politics. Yeah, yeah it's let's fine. take a break in general. Let's talk about butt pl- butt drugs. Uh, yeah. Do you okay. have a story? I mean, you've already told a couple of amazing butt drug stories. On I this got to retell. Uh, so I was covering a shift for somebody who was. Uh, they call it exploding from all ends, when you get food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, covering. And like I tell everybody, don't let me get your shift because I'll take all your money. Because I know how to do this. You think you know how to do this. I know how to do this. I will shake you by your ankles and get all the money from yeah. these people. 100%. So I'm in there doing my thing, fucking doing the entertainment game. And fucking, uh, I get a full bar. My bar loads up. I'm looking at everybody. And all of a sudden, I'm walking by. I'm washing something. I walk by and I hear... Yeah, and then the the fucking you put your fucking drugs in your butt, and that's all I heard. And I went, "Oh, are you talking about butt drugs?" Butt drugs. And she was like, "Uh, yeah." I was like, "Do you want to hear an amazing story?" <laughs> <laughs> so I told my butt cocaine, <laughs> the story, butt cocaine story in front of a full bar, <laughs> and uh, it killed. I'm just saying, I don't know what they're doing tonight at the comedy festival, but butt cocaine kills. 
Uh, that actually could be a like an actual sentence. It could be. But cocaine kills. It, it could be a campaign. Does. Really? Could, you know what? Ross Perot, twenty twenty four. But cocaine. So kills. butt drugs have a few different names and. <laughs> the one winged dove. <laughs> I think Stevie Nicks called it. <laughs> I think boofing. Boofing. Darting. Darting. Um, there's got to be more, right? Like, I mean, frat kids shoving a tampon up his ass. So soaked, soaked in, in vodka. vodka. Yeah. You know what? Which, that one's wordy. I yeah, like, that's very yeah. wordy. We should call it something. Yeah, it's wordier than darting. Tamping. Um, we can call it chatting. Tamping? Is that a thing? <laughs> we can call it chatting. <laughs> Pack it in there and tamp oh, it that's down. That's terrible. <laughs> we can call it a Chad pad. I... <laughs> <laughs> Just shove it up in there, dude. <laughs> We're going to work on this at, on our break. We're going to boof everything in the studio right now. Yeah, we got to make some money. So Let's make some money. Um, I don't know what even Carol had for us, but we're still working off of her shitty Excel calendar. Whatever. She's, you know, look, I, I got her the best lawyer I could afford. She'll be fine, but hey, it's when you a break a defender, when you exactly, yeah, when you call when you break a window at the Capitol, yeah, you pay the price, man. You pay the price. So, Just saying. Well, we'll figure out who it is. All right, be back in a minute. Hey guys, we get it. You're like us, old, old, old white man. Change makes you uh skittish, but you know the world moves pretty fast, like snot on the doorknob. Like grease through a goose. Like shit through a goose. For example, pronouns, self-identification. Is that girl you really like from the bank no longer a girl and wants to be called they? Well, man, chill the fuck out, Grandpa. We all get confused by changing directions. We get confused by our smartphones. We get confused by a toaster. But it has fuck all to do with you. And beyond that, you know what? Pronouns are pretty fucking cool. Yeah, they are. How cool are they? Well, I for one love a good mystery. I'm gonna start calling Rex Agatha Christie, cause I got no idea where this fucking thrill ride horror nightmare is gonna lead. Pronouns are pretty cool because, frankly, we don't understand grammar anyways. Get over it and chill, you old fuck. If you're Irish, whore is not a pronoun for your wife. All right, guys, it might occur to some of you to reach out to us at the Whiskey Reel, and you certainly can. You can reach us at 970-426-5344. Butt drugs? 970-426-5344. You can leave us a voicemail. You can send us text messages. It's all going to get you on the show. If you don't feel comfortable with that, email us, whiskeyreel at gmail.com. Tell your friends. Is that whiskey with an E? That is whiskey with an E, real with two E's. Yeah, whiskey and real. whiskey is an American yeah. version. So, shockingly, we have no fucking feedback this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did get feedback. I appreciate everybody no, who texted and called and commented. We get st- street feedback. We get street back, dude. How about a little call to action? Get on the podcast. Yeah, dude. You know, it, I know some of you have some sort of talent. It, well, well, I've met our mm, listeners. Yeah. But mm. no. You're scraping seriously. the bottom of a barrel. I mean, I'm here today. Come on. That's <laughs> we, true. We, we hail married. The barrel had a leak. 
<laughs> out of its bunghole. Out of its bunghole. Out of its bunghole. Um, this is Bobby, normally when we talk a little media. Yeah, we go full media. Um, well, well I, we, we're done with Ted Lasso. I I'm can't kiboshing Ted Lasso because I haven't seen the most recent episode. Let's so just no say. No spoilers there. Nate. You know Nate. I know Nate. Um, <sighs> there's so much hate for Nate going on right now. Um, I can't express to you the anger in my soul over little Nate. And you will see. I need you to watch that and then text me after you're done watching his it. I'll be watching tonight. Is, his character arc has been done. It, it's frustrating. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Nate is red skull. But uh, <laughs> damn. I mean, it's well Dude, written. And he's it, the worst. It makes Shots sense fired. when you look back yes, at it. Yes, 100%. But I have qualms. But let's I, just say. Yeah. Um, you talked about we're all Marvel dorks, I guess. Shameless shills for the Kevin Feige universe. Um, uh, that last What If that was out, if you guys aren't down with What If, they're doing some really, really good animation, too. It's not just the storyline and the Marvel stuff, but, man, they're really pulling together some good animation um i don't know stylistically what you would call it because i'm not like a manga like super nerd when it comes to that but they like feels like they're telling all uh taking all the best parts of anime right now and using it like the the direction like and i mean direction like the directing of the episodes and everything is really well thought out um bobby's penis just came awake wow sorry wow did you like that that's the sound his penis makes when he gets sorry my computer just started um that's when he gets excited ladies that's what you hear by the way we lost sean who's good at this remember him um he's now making racist commercials uh wow last week oh god that was a little racy he, uh, there was some drinks involved. He with that voice admitted smell. as much. Yeah, he said okay. I might have been bombed. Um, but <laughs> he was he was hiccuping and awesome. slurring. It's perfect <laughs> in whiskey real fashion. It was a call in by Andy Cap. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk old school, not relevant boomer shit? Let's go Andy Cap. It was Andy um, Cap. So the last what if you guys haven't seen it right? Not than the most recent, correct. Dude, it's called it, What If Ultron Wins. And it's fucking amazing. Je- uh, Jeffrey Wright, who plays, who voices the Watcher, is in it most of the episode. And there was a fucking amazing moment where we're, f- I'm, I'm sitting there watching like the first 10 minutes. And the first 10 minutes deals with like uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye. And they're like just merkin fools. And all these Ultron like replicants are flying in in waves and like swarms. And Hawkeye unleashes like 15 fucking arrows like blink, 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 blink. And they all arc and manage to find the back of the Ultron's heads. Every single one of them. It was like a masterpiece. And I go, oh my God, Hawkeye is fucking cool and rex goes is this called what if hawkeye was cool <laughs> and that made my fucking day yesterday i well thought played, that was rex point well played rex um she gets the w she always gets the w's man but um dude honestly that series is really it's really cool. some heat man so i'm one of those people i love 
covers of songs. I love, you know, hearing a different interpretation of something sure. that we all know. So I'm loving, and I'm not a huge Marvel geek. I was not a comic guy or any of that stuff. Okay. But I do love the movies. I mean, Bobby and I have had plenty of long conversations about them. But most of the time, it's me getting schooled on the nuances that I missed. Um, but I think What If is probably the coolest thing that has been on for other than Ted Lasso. I think What If is probably <laughs> the coolest thing on TV right now because I love the, you know, the zombie episode, the the um, Captain Carter episode. I mean, I just think it's so cool hearing the flip-flip, the the different interpretations of the all of Killmonger these stories. The Killmonger saving that we know. Tony Stark That's episode. my favorite one. That, that was, that was, was my dude. favorite episode. So they, that one they, was great. And, and growing up, What If, as a comic book guy, it was like, what were the big what-ifs? The big what-ifs were... Um, what if so and so fought so and so? Yeah, yeah. That was mm-hmm. like hot, you know. What if Wolverine fought the Hulk? What if, you know, the those were the biggest uh, comics that I can remember as a kid. Was it was it was pitting uh, person against person. And I hope who's before, tougher than who? Yeah, because that's the argument, right? My dad who's, will beat your dad. Exactly. <laughs> no, what we used to do in school was my shoes are faster than yours. Made no sense. Um, we used to literally argue whose shoes are faster. I, I have no idea what we were talking about. There was a lot of like... I mean, uh, they were obviously the three-stripe Adidas. <laughs> I mean, I have elastic laces on my shoes. I have no argument at this point. Yeah, you don't. You really don't. I can win in flip-flops. My flip-flops are faster than your shoes, is all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but, but the what-if shit is so beautifully shot and drawn it feels really good like it they're not it, it it's not hokey there was some speaking of hokey rhymes with loki there was a lot of weird kind of loki like hokiness that happened a little bit that kind of fell off but uh bobby you said the new hawkeye trailer was fucking fire there's some new marvel shit coming down the pipe that i feel fucking good about so hawkeye has become uh, uh, this is a f- I didn't fucking unbelievable. <laughs> His penis is hard on. New drinking game. Every time you hear that sound, take <laughs> yeah, a shot. Exactly. Um, no, uh, the new Hawkeye trailer. He's become a joke. He's the kind weakest of. of the Avengers. Yeah, he's always the guy. has been. But he's always been a cool character. It's been an intriguing character. Um, what's his nuts is a Jeremy Renner. Thanks. He's a really good actor. He's been great in a he lot is. of things. I mean, Wind River alone, just go watch that. That was a crazy that, fair play. Fucking incredible. Did you ever see movie. The Town? The Town. He's pretty fucking <laughs> good. He's pretty fucking wicked. Where's yeah. Walnuts when you need him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my house, we've seen The Town. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice. Yeah. We use it as a commercial. <laughs> yeah. In between other Bostonian movies. <laughs> <laughs> in between the departed we we take a break with the town so hawkeye the the series and what i this is what disney plus seems to be doing they're using these ground level series to transition into bigger stuff phase four you know yeah. what i mean into phase four bringing in new characters julia louis dreyfus in in uh, falcon winter soldier mm-hmm. that's bringing us into a whole new layer yeah. of hydra stuff that's going to happen you know what i mean so like hawkeye's doing the same thing with a younger character probably poised to become the new hawkeye and mm. i think what this is building up to is the young avengers 
It's just kind of like Shia LaBeouf. Dope. Like young Black Widow. Yeah. That's happening. No, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? I didn't even. She's going to be in this series, apparently, from what I understand. Florence Pugh. Is that what her name is? Yeah, yeah. Pugh. Yeah. Um, what I did. By the way, that chick is gonna marry Zach Braff. <laughs> Just stop it. Um, you have, you're such a Zach Braff shameless Homer. Um, no, I'm talking but, shit on Zach Braff. Like, how does he get to marry her? Because um, he's talented and successful and rich. Um, oh, so, oh okay. there's oh, that. That's um, what is interesting to me is how they're using What If to set up Doctor Strange specifically. Yeah. Um, that next Doctor Strange, by the way, should be just absolutely groundbreaking. Bonkers. From what I understand. Is going to be one of the best Marvel movies ever made from what I have seen thus far. It's um, into but, the multiverse. Yeah, or? it's called the craziness of your butthole or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's some long-winded bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very marvel But it, it will definitely, the what-ifs are giving these weird little fucking extracurricular shit to the movies coming out. And it's really fucking cool. Yeah. Well, and if you've got some cool crossovers and such coming as well, which they're starting to hint with what-if, you know, with, like, the new Spider-Man coming on. Also, do I hear there's a Spider-Man Venom crossover coming? Very possible. Which I've is heard that. kind of well, exciting, which well, makes which, sense. Which makes sense for the comics. I mean, there was no Ven- Venom without Spider-Man. The, but, the, I mean, they're inextricably tied. Well, and I can't wait for Topher Grace to make a comeback. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, oh, let's, Jesus. Let's kick the fuck out of Tom Hardy's little dick. And let's get big dick Topher Grace let's in there, bring dude. the real Venom. The real Venom, Into dog. the MCU. That's right. Sir Topher Grace. Sir Topher. Your name's Topher. <laughs> wow, I really want to segue this to something you said about Young Avengers, but I don't know where to go with that right now. Uh, well, WandaVision brought up the two kids. Yep. Exactly. Um, they're laying groundwork. They're laying there. groundwork. Okay, it's so we can have I a ask a baby question, Captain though. Marvel. We have- you know, so going to Young Avengers, you know, we've got a new Indiana Jones coming. Now, I'm hearing rumors that it's a girl, and it's not Shia. They're kicking Shia out of the Indiana Jones universe already after a half of a crap movie that shall not be named? What's happening I have no here? idea what you're talking about. I didn't know he made a movie with yeah, Indiana Exactly. Jones. Okay, thank you. He made a movie that with makes Harrison me feel better. Ford? But is it true there's going to be a was girl? Was it The Fugitive 2? Because <laughs> that would have been rad. It was not me. It was I didn't kill me. my wife. <laughs> But so, is there going to be a girl, Indiana Jones? Is that what I'm I hearing? Know. I haven't heard a lot about it. Now, I do know this, and we can get past the Hawkeye trailer thing, because this is intriguing. Um, Spielberg is not attached to direct. This At will all. be the first Indiana Jones movie not directed by Steven Spielberg. Can we please have Taika Waititi do it's, it? <sighs> shit. Please. That sounds amazing. All right, we that got three votes. Three votes right here, Hollywood. You hear this. <laughs> Indiana Jones fights vampires. Yeah, totally. Like, really, really ineffectual vampires. <laughs> and somewhat affected vampires. Yeah. And they're, sh- they're shitty familiars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fuck you, Guillermo. Uh, so it's actually going to be James Mangold who has done... I can't think of anything other than Logan. That's his only other kind you, of. You don't need sci-fi. to do anything but Logan, in my opinion. Yeah, you like that Logan? was just about as good as a fucking movie gets. In it my was mind. pretty fucking good. And if you watch that Logan Noir, you're welcome. 
So, so he did Ford vs. Ferrari. I just looked him up for the record. This yeah, Ford vs. Ferrari was awesome. He did Ford vs. Ferrari, which great was movie. money. He did Walk the Line. Walk the Line. He great. did 310 to Yuma. Great movie. I mean, these are fantastic. Actually, he did Copland. Yeah. Gross. Throwback. <laughs> that is gross. What do you mean? Girl Interrupted. Copland. Kate and Leopold. Oh, yeah. Which he did do Night and Day. He did Kate Girl and Interrupted. Leopold. All right. Guilty Pleasure. That's a kick-ass movie. Shut up. Now, Girl Interrupted pleasure. is dope. What is Kate and Leopold? I don't even know if I know. Exactly. We're just going to move on from that. But guilty, <laughs> guilty pleasure. We'll <laughs> leave it at that one. I was like, genuinely intrigued. I, so, I had so an ex got, that. Uh, but he got, did Greatest Showman. Ooh, Call well, of the Wild. My well, chick's going to go wild. I haven't that. seen the new Call of the Wild, which he did in 2020. Um, with, no, with, the with, with the aforementioned. With the aforementioned. Harrison. Plane crashing Ford. Wait, hold the phone. Uh, he did Oliver Jesus. and Company in 1988. Wow. So he's got street cred. He's got dude. chops. He has more than one movie, Bobby. That guy has a catalog. <laughs> he no, does. I didn't say he only did one movie. I'm he saying like he's only Oscar done one award-winning, like one venture into that, like fantasy. The foray. I get you it. Know. I get it. I get and it. And adventure movies, and you know, I mean, Indiana Jones has a very specific feel. Indiana Jones 100%. Five is tagged on here, 2022. On yeah, yeah. His IMDb no, too. It's, they're filming it. Yeah. Holy shit. That, well, whatever, dude. It's and nostalgic. the old Harrison Spielberg Ford. is producing, by the way. No, he is. For sure. And he might have written the script. Well, he's going to produce because he's going to make that bag, homie. Ooh, Mads Mikkelsen's in rab- Ooh. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. the big bad. Let's talk about that might be my favorite actor. Yeah. Should we discuss really? Mads Mikkelsen and before dude, we delve into How good music? is Mads Mikkelsen, dude? Like literally in everything. He is a badass. He's a fucking he. When he kicks people's asses, you believe it. There is no questioning his ass kicking. Yeah, what was his like John Wick? <laughs> oh, when he was the old man, the, when he the was assassin the, old man. Yeah, it was called something. It was, it was one word. Ass. Where he's banging out a chick and he spins oh, her around. Polar. Yes, yes. Polar. 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 That, yeah, was, that a, was money. Awesome. Some of us call it polar. I think what it's actually you, polar. Where it's are you polar. From, that's are you his from name. Canada. <clears throat> what is happening? Allegedly, it's polar. Well, he's Scandinavian, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who Tig or Mads Mikkelsen? <laughs> no, I'm Floridian. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, reading is half the battle. <laughs> no, he's done some cool stuff. G.I. Joe. Uh, oh, we're, yeah. we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Who wants um, a body massage? <laughs> here we go. Pork chop sandwiches. Um, right, pork chop sandwiches. Bye, bye, All right, bye, bye, here we bye, go. Bye, 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 bye. Bobby, I need to hear. You played a little bit for me earlier. I need to hear. This, there is a group who, I, I will say wholeheartedly, single started the industrial movement um, in the United States And musically. it's not Skinny Puppy. Well, Skinny Puppy was there, <laughs> but they nobody had the impact. Nobody had the impact this band had. Nobody. There was one band that ruled all, that has all the rings. Well, they were formed in like 1981. Al Jurgensen created Ministry. Yep. And when they first came out, they were very much a very, uh, they were like a synth pop. Oh, fuck yeah, they were. Um, They were like Depeche Mode. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were very much in that vein. Yep. Um, then they put out Psalm 69. Psalm, well, before that, it was The Mind is a Terrible Thing, thing to, to Taste. taste. Yep. And they created 
heavy metal industrial sound in yeah. a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, it became more reminiscent of like a darker, harder version of Bauhaus with with heavier, some yeah. dark themes, yeah. big, you know, noisy, loud. He started using a lot of samples, you know, really cool stuff. Jurgensen was a pretty groundbreaking dude. hundred percent. The, the thing that made Ministry different for me than other kind of dark wave like, or like goth bands at the time were like, you mentioned Bauhaus or Christian Death or there was that gothy movement that happened. The thing that Ministry did better than anybody else, they, they increased the beats per minute. Yes. So instead of going boom, Boom, and it was all very legato and very fucking spread out. They were like dan to dan to dan 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 and yeah. they added this like punk rock metal goth that eventually became industrial. Like yeah. that was coined as it because it sounded like industrial machinery banging together. That but when was you hear when you hear their guitar riffs and the sound that they brought to the forefront, like I mean, I'm pretty sure Rob Zombie maybe listen to some ministry. Oh, you think? Once or twice. He, you know what I mean? Or like, everybody or Trent Reznor. Reznor. Or like, because Nine Inch Nails was very pop. Synthy. Synthy. Uh, very, very song, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus. Yeah, yeah. Very standardized rock sort of formatting. And then, I, dude, Jorgensen's responsible for like, he was almost like the clean version of Gigi Allen. Like, he was a, an acceptable dirtbag. He ate less poop. He ate less poop. <laughs> than Gigi Allen. He probably wow. bled less, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, dude, one of the best albums, and I still listen to this on a regular basis, um, is an album they put out. Um, there's there's a couple. Dark Side of the Spoon. Yeah. They always have these, like, great, like, twists on... The Land of Rape and Honey. Um, land yeah. of Rape and Honey. No. Dark Side of the Spoon. Mine is a terrible thing, thing to taste. taste. Yeah. They always have these clever little like fucking twists on like common From Beer to Eternity. From Beer to Eternity. Yeah. They're they're idiots. Like yeah. cool. Like in a cool way. <laughs> like cool idiots. Yeah. Right. But he's he's kind of the he's the dark prince of industrial music, yeah. man. Well, anyways, the, it's twenty twenty one. And Al is and he's still seventy dropping. years old. And Moral Hygiene, their fifteenth studio album just came out. Yeah, and the first I I listened to the whole thing, and it's it's very ministry. Um, <laughs> I thought that the track I was going to bring today would be very apropos of what we were talking about with the vaxing stuff and the right. Trump age and all that kind. Of, the context of it, it makes a you know, he's not fucking around. He's he's. He's he's toying with this fake news concept. I think they say fake news on this four hundred times, but it's a really cool riff. Sounds it's, about right. It's a very ministry song. What's and the song called? Uh, the song is called Disinformation. Okay. Which, right. uh, do you remember the Disinformation Crew? They released books, compendiums of articles. Had the little devil. Um, this was back in the nineties. No. And there was a group of publishers, and they called themselves the disinformation inc or some shit like that no and um yeah they had a little devil my brother had the devel tattooed on his arm of course he and, did uh, yeah I know. your brother was, was such, such a hipster a fucking piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> no is this like the cicada 318 or whatever like this is some deep dark webby shit yeah it was it was very like left-leaning 
um, you know, QAnon kind of conspiracy Anarchist theory, but it was cookie. coming from the yeah, it was coming from the the more commie side of it. <laughs> Way more commie. <laughs> uh, down they, the they all read a lot of Noam Chomsky. Like they love Chomsky. Which is fine. Chomsky's not communist. So. You know, he's literally a communist. He's not. Communist. <laughs> no, he's a socialist. He's a diet communist. He's a linguist and a socialist. Uh, but a, anyways, so this track is called Disinformation. We're gonna. I want to hear it right now. We're going to take a little listen. Buckle up. Okay, so that's pretty ministry. Um, I've heard of them. <laughs> uh, by the way, the one album I did want to tell everybody, if you have the time, go listen to Filth Pig. Oh. This was put out in, uh, I'm going to say, like the like post-George Bush. I think it was like 09 or 10 or something like that. Filth Pig is arguably the best album they ever made. It is brilliant cover to cover. So if you like that sound, that hard driving sound, Goddamn Filth Pig is so good, dude. Um, the album, the, the the song I had, there's a, there's a gentleman named DJ Muggs who originally started uh, with, um, what's that fucking, that group he had? Um, oh, it was big. No, it's not Cypress Hill. He had kidding. one before then. <laughs> he was the DJ for Cypress Hill. He made Cypress Hill happen. Um, we used to work out together in a gym. Just want to name drop. Um, he's dope as shit. He created Soul Assassin Records. He's been putting out like low dudes like for a while, like Rome Streets, who who we've um, done on the program before. He's been just finding artists to like highlight because uh, when you ball like that, you can just find really hot dudes to be able to fucking throw on wax. Um, this kid is named Crime Apple. I'm not kidding. That's his name. And if you saw him, you probably wouldn't make fun of him. Um, he's I think it's a, pronounced crumapple. Cr- like crumapple? <laughs> yes. It's crumapple. Um, he's a... He's That's a, the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's a Colombian kid, obviously. He has a brand new album called Cartagena. It's a, and he's he raps in Spanish enough that makes it like digestible for, for people who don't speak Spanish. If you do speak Spanish, I'm sure you really enjoy it. I enjoyed the shit out of it because I know enough to at least make it fun for me. But he has a he has a song called Papas, and for those who don't know, Papas means potatoes, and he uses it as an analogy for like money. Like I'm making the potato chips, I'm I'm stacking chips, I'm, and uh, man, he weaves a beautiful tale, and it's it's. This is G shit, man. Uh, but I hope you enjoy it. It made me feel a little. This is very like if you're a fan of Wu Tang, if you're a fan of that that dirt, dirt McGirt. Um, this this will sound really lovely to you. All right, let's check it out. Telecom pesos breaking my ACL bitch back, bumping bankroll. Dutch is full of boss today. 
connect name Jorge Told me if I right, slow up, he would help me feel the coche I was like, no se Started with some verses Now they watching me close, wanting me to consider mergers I ain't even doing the most Truth be told, I'm hardly working My paper come automatic It's been package after package after package Pulled up with a duck in the range She was sitting there holding out a cup Shaking some change, ain't it strange bad luck. We used I, I like it Dude, it's it's a it's a particular thing. It it's is, a niche. I've never like fallen in love with the more like Latino hip hop stuff. Dude, it's not my there's some, favorite thing in the world. Like I never. I have to agree. I'm right there. I was going over Florida Cypress too. Hill there was guy. so much that I there's, got exposed yeah, but to. But Florida does the dang, the dang, 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 dang. They, you do. That's I like mean, the there more, is a fair amount of that. Yes. There's the more club <laughs> bullshit that happens, but there's like a deep. Cypress being one of the first like l- like heavy Latino like bands like yeah. groups that came out that really like introduced everybody to the fact that like Latinos no I'll, like, I'll agree bang, with that completely you know what I, I mean like I that, went to boarding school though I had a roommate from San Francisco I did a lot of West Coast underground that kind of thing but I've got to say for me for hip hop it's it's like dilated peoples you know it's um, I'm cool with I like bands. that. Lift you up. I understand more so. Listen, that's more my style. You, but you're, I, I, I like, I like, I, I like it like I like my women. I like everything, man. Here, here, and <laughs> and trust me, I love dilated. I love evidence. I love, I, I love the. I'm a. I still to this day say De La Soul is the best hip hop band that ever fucking was created. You really? Do. I love. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I'll argue it to the death. But I I I, will, I love elevating hip hop music for the people. I love that. But I there's a part of my heart that loves that. Like I'm gonna get my bag and I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna break out and I'm gonna do my shit. I love that. That crime shit is like a a, a part of my soul too. Well, and I think that's the LA you influence know? coming out of you. Well, it could be that. It just like the, again. We talked to Wu. Like we talked the, the those bands. There's something so dirty and grimy about it that. I don't think your soul ever leaves clean after doing that. So when I hear something like that, where he's just talking about getting the chips, getting them potatoes, and like you get it, like I understand, I'm hungry. Pringles in the bank. Hungry, bro. I'll put something in your neck the size of a taki. <laughs> Fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> that's pretty. Odd. That line is dope. Um. Anyway, that's our shit. Tig, you're amazing. I like you, man. Appreciate you. The brother. more I talk yeah. to you, I like you. I love Tig. I've known Tig for a long time. I think nine years. I will I never call you Charlie, Charlie yeah, by the Bobby. way. I will never call you Charlie. That's all right. That's my professional name. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm Tig. <laughs> so it's about that time, boys. It's Are time we going to do start it? start wrapping up. We're going to clutch? We're going to clutch our pearls all right. of wisdom. That's word. Um, we were talking about Ted Lasso, right, earlier. Briefly, we don't want to ruin it for Tig. But there was a situation in a show that called on loyalty, straight up loyalty. And my response to something that transpired in the show is I will not deal with people that are disloyal. And either should you. Loyalty is um, God. It's like a it's like a unwritten agreement we all have with each other, isn't it? You never sign a contract for your loyalty with your friends, with your people. You never sign a contract for loyalty. I will say, people make mistakes. I've made them myself. I've asked for forgiveness. But man, there are certain points where disloyalty 
if you have the option to keep or not keep somebody in your life that is disloyal to you, and I'm saying this to somebody that has cheated on somebody, I'm saying this to somebody who's done wrong, kick them out of your life. At this point in my life, if you're disloyal to me, I will bounce you, period, end of story. The fact that it was okay for you to make that decision at that time lends credence to the fact that it could happen again and you were in that mind state that it was okay for you. That bothers me. Um, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not disloyal. Straight up. Don't be disloyal to your people. Um, you'll find yourself alone uh, at the end. Yeah. Well said. That's the same, man. Wow. That's heavy. Uh, mine's going to be really fast. It's less of a pearl of wisdom. As, as it's more of an observation. It's a caveat. It's a, <laughs> yeah. my, my wisdom is running dry. Um, I recently had the opportunity to do some, in a very weird way, as Aaron said, pre-show, uh, do some dog sitting and house sitting for um, someone really close to me like that happens to be an ex-girlfriend. But she got... Um, this little puppy and the divorce and having the opportunity to go over there and spend some time. I forgot how much animals can affect your fucking life, man, and affect your mood. Dude, like, you live longer crazy. with animals. Here, yeah. Here. It's proven. I mean, I walk in that door and that puppy just has been waiting on me all day. For sure. You know, and in fact, at this point, when I first walked in, she, that puppy's been waiting on me for a year and a half. Right. You know what I mean? And like... I don't know. Something changes in your mood yep. when that dog just can't wait to crawl up in your armpit and put its little face on your chest and like Man. just go to sleep. You know what I mean? And I have the opportunity to do that for a couple of weeks. It's really refreshing. It's, it's good really for you. fun. It's super good for me. Like my mood has elevated over the last couple Hell of yeah. days, like exponentially. I feel so much better, you know, than like coming home. Totally. No offense. To Mikey Walnuts, yeah, but, can't, but I'd but rather come can't home. Can't Walnuts with... put his head on your chest and curl up with you? Yeah, he could. <laughs> that's going to go a different direction. <laughs> Dude, it's a proven fact. We just got a new puppy, as you know. It's three months now. Cute. It's a fucking nightmare. It, my whole life has changed. I hate it. Mm -hmm. It's disrupted my entire peace in my life that I've just managed to find. But I know at the end of the day, that little fucking bastard son of a bitch that I, I want to punt it through a fucking window right now. Dude, he makes yeah. us smile. He makes our heart yeah. grow. Like like Rex said, it's like the Grinch. You see the fucking thing and your heart grows, man. Yeah, 100%. There's something to that. Word. Well, take before we kick it over to you, pressure's on. You might want to deliver. But... Um, <laughs> Like no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> no, I just I want to personally say thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank on. you, brother. You're one of my best friends. I'm super glad that we did this. Hell well, yeah! Thank I you. hope it's not the last. Thank time. you, thank you for having me on. I really this has been enlightening. Yeah, this has been fun. Though I'm glad this you. Thank different. you for being uh, um, honest and forthright and speaking your mind, man. I appreciate it, man. You know, I I have a pearl of wisdom that somewhat ties in with yours, Aaron. Okay. Um, Someone I love, someone very, 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 very close to me um, went through a divorce recently. And we're now at the point that she has a new boyfriend. Um, and her divorce, we talked a lot when she was going through things and when she was just getting put through the ringer emotionally, yeah. confidence-wise, everything. I mean, just professionally even. Like, it was affecting her professional life, too. 
Um, and that was probably a year and a half ago that, that she divorced and she's seeing someone new now. And I got the privilege of having dinner with them last night with some other folks as well. It wasn't just the three of us, but she has a new boyfriend. And I don't know how serious it is. I don't know anything about it in that regard, but I am so happy and privileged and proud of her to see her having her confidence back and, be, you know, being the person that I knew, that I've known forever, that, um, you know, sometimes throwing in the towel is the right thing to do. And she got out of a bad situation and she was a timid, scared little animal after that and she has a new boyfriend and god it is just so amazing to see this new confidence boost and see this new person that she is she's the one that i've known forever that i've grown up with that i've known you know and and all i got to say is sometimes letting go is the right thing and moving on moving on with your life moving on with moving forward not just sitting there in that rut and I am so proud of her, and it is so cool to see. And last night was an eye-opening for me. Mind you, like I said, I am hungover as hell because we celebrated a little too hard. But you know what? You know who you are. I love you to death. I'm proud of you. Keep trucking. That's oh, awesome, yeah, man. You better give that good neck. You <laughs> Pronouns are cool because of John Carpenter's They Live. <laughs> I'm putting my sunglasses on. Yeah. Obey. All right, Tig. You got to drop one. Drop a dimer, dude. We got some funny ones. You do have some funny ones left, late boys. <laughs> I got nothing. I am drawing blanks right now. Just right. as, oh, boys, just as a side note, 